Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Des Moines. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios. You'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. 11 o'clock hour, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Joe O'Donnell from the Iowa Wild momentarily is joining us in studio. Alex Halstead in about 15 minutes. We'll preview Iowa State TCU. And then before we get out of here, about 1140, Mark Morehouse will join the program, Cedar Rapids Gazette, before he jumps in the car. And heads off to Ann Arbor for Michigan and Iowa. Well, it certainly feels like hockey outdoors. Going to get worse before it gets better, Joe O'Donnell. But you know what? It's a great time of year. Uh, NHL underway last night. You guys get underway tomorrow night. The Bucks on Saturday. Hockey is back. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. And uh, yeah, today is one of the first days it kind of feels... You know, where you need a jacket or a sweatshirt or something to get outside. So maybe hockey weather is here. See which one I have just happened to pull uh, out today. I like it. Thank yeah, you, you very much. Jet zip up. What's Trent? What are you rocking today? I, I got an Iowa Wolves shirt on. All right. Well, no wild gear. I normally wear my North Stars hat. We'll change that. Text me your size. We'll when you're uh, when you're up there and doing some radio calls, we'll get into that in a little bit for the big parent club, the Minnesota Wild. Can you talk them into just bringing back the North Stars and telling <laughs> Dallas they need to get a new name? I hear you, man. There's a lot of old school hockey fans, obviously, yeah. in the state of hockey that miss the North Stars tradition. Uh, and Mike Madonna now is sort mm-hmm. of uh, in an advisory, sort of almost president type role, assisting Matt Mick and, and the group up there. And I just saw he did a chalk talk with some fans and was on the ice with fans. I mean, just to have that connection to the organization uh, is really cool. But I'll tell you one thing we're going to do this year with the Iowa Wild is like a tribute to Iowa hockey. Mm. And we're going to wear some really, really special sweaters, to steal the hockey term, some really cool jerseys this year. Well, that's what they were called when I grew up. They were sweaters, and I came down here at Hockey Square. What are you talking about? So the Caps and Oak Leafs are going to play at Wells Fargo Arena, I think it's November 13th, before our game. Mm. And then that night we're going to wear some sort of throwback vintage Iowa hockey uniforms. Good stuff. You know, um, your story in a second, because I want to make sure we have time for that, because I think it's really great. But what I want to ask you is, were you guys able to... Not necessarily keep the momentum going because Des Moines, for the first time, maybe certainly since I can remember, turned into a, a hockey town, right? When you guys were making that run through the playoffs, I know you guys are in the community essentially every week, whether it's you know downtown farmers market or any of the farmers markets. You guys are out there; you're visible. Is the buzz? Can you carry that over, Joe? I hope so. I think we'll find out, you know, this weekend. And it's always been traditionally harder for us during football season to put butts in the seats. I mean, that's just the nature of this market. But I think our hardcore fans got treated to what they what they deserved last year, which was a playoff run. Uh, I know our season ticket sales were outstanding. We won Team of the Year at the league meetings, which was on ice and off ice sort of work combined. And I think we're just trying to carry that momentum over, Kenny. And I, I think we can do it. Uh, I think this team has a chance to be really good. 
and there's a lot of big names on the roster that can get fans excited if they want to see the future of the NHL and a kid like Nico Sturm. Maybe Jerry Mayhew, who's sort of a homegrown talent, mm-hmm. gets an opportunity. Were you surprised he didn't stick with the big club? No, I, I think he did what what a lot of us thought he was going to do, which was have a great camp and impress the coaching mm-hmm. staff. And I think he'll be on that short list for a call-up. So you could see that this year. And then you had a guy like Cody McLeod with over 800 or over 700 NHL games. And probably as many fights. Yes, we're going to have a the fourth line tomorrow night could conceivably be Mitch McLean at center, who's a Baxter, Minnesota boy. He's built like a lumberjack. Mike Leambus, who's you know, fought for everything he's gotten in his career, and he's one of the toughest guys in the league. And on the other wing would be mm-hmm. Cody McLeod. And if you're Manitoba telling me, the, boy. yeah, if you're telling me the other team's going to want to go back and retrieve pucks no. all night with that line on the ice, no, no, no. Um, they they finish a few hits early, and it's going to be a long night for the opposing team. And, and Wild fans could be treated that all season. So, Joe, this season, at least according to what I look at, and that is the betting angle of things, Minnesota anticipated to be down. How does that to relate to you here with the? for all intents and purposes, AAA affiliate for the hockey term uh, of things. How does that relate? How does that go hand-in-hand if the Wild are down this season, how it's going to relate to the Iowa Wild? I think that sort of just will play itself out. I mean, if they stay healthy, there might not be a lot of moves necessary unless Coach Bruce Boudreaux thinks they need a spark. If they run into injury concerns, obviously that can that can seriously, uh, severely kind of damage what the Iowa Wild are trying to accomplish because you're losing players constantly. I think Minnesota is going to be better than most people feel like, Trent. I think that they had a rough go last year with injuries. Matt Dumba is a huge piece Massive. of their organization. Mm-hmm. And you look at their goals scored before he got hurt and their goals scored after he got hurt. And which it was, was November, something yeah, early in the year, right? Peck, uh, which is sort of a weird injury for a hockey player in a fight against yeah. Calgary. Against Kachuk. And, yeah, and uh, and he was lost for the year. And then you lose Miko Koivu in February to a torn ACL. He's, he's your captain. He plays in every situation. You win a ton more face-offs when he's on the ice, so you've got more puck possession. So I think just getting Koivu and Dumba back and healthy to start camp would be huge. If Devin Dubnik plays well, I think Minnesota's going to su- surprise some folks. Now, I will say this. Luke Cunning, Jordan Greenway, Jewel Erickson Eck, all first or second round draft picks all need to take the next step. Mm-hmm. If those guys don't score, if they don't contribute regularly, Minnesota's going to have trouble scoring goals. Yeah, because you got to count on those young guys. Yep. There's no doubt about it. The Central's just so tough. I mean, Colorado, I think Colorado is on the precipice of a big run here, and Dallas really guess, improved. Yeah, Dallas, a lot of people think, mm-hmm. I was watching the NHL Network yesterday, a lot of them are picking the stars to go as far as the conference finals yep. or beyond. Yeah. Uh, Blackhawks not getting a lot of love. Sadly, neither are my Jets. And you've got the Blues or the defending yeah, champs. That's I mean, it's, a, right. it's a bear of a division. Indeed. So you're going to be calling some NHL games. Dream come true for you. When I, when I saw the announcement, I thought, good for you. Uh, you worked a long, uh, you caught a lot of uh, AHL games to get to this point. What is this? Do you consider this like, I mean, that's everybody's dream, right? Whether you're playing in the AHL or working in the AHL, you want to get to the show. How will you go about this? I don't As know. an audition? Uh, I, I mean, I hope so. It's nice. It will be nice to get NHL tape, uh-huh. you know, should other jobs open up. But this is my 12th year with the organization, five in Houston, seven now in Des Moines, which is crazy to think. And so just to be with the Wild organization for this long, for them to trust me to come up for a few games and, uh, and call the radio broadcast for them, uh, certainly it will be, you know, sort of that, that goal fulfilled, that dream come true that I've been working at for a long time now. But um, I, I think I'm just going to try and relax a little bit. You know, it's going to be pretty, I'm sure, pretty nerve-wracking or anxious. But uh, I hope to get some good games because the games tend to call themselves. 
uh, just have some fun with it. It'll be nice to focus just on the broadcast for, for about nine days there with the big club and I'm just hoping to have some fun and make a good impression, really. Well, I know Paul Allen's got a couple of games, and it's not like he's in the, uh, in contention for the job. You wouldn't think he's got a pretty good one in his own right yeah. uh, with the radio and with, with, with the Vikings. He drew the short straw. He got Winnipeg. <laughs> you, you, you get there in the winter. You know how cold yeah. it is. But what, where, where will you be? Do you get any good cities? Yeah, so I was fortunate enough. They asked me to come out on a California trip. So nice. Anaheim, San Jose, then down to Phoenix, and then finish in L.A. against the Kings. Oh. Sweet, that's pretty good. Yeah, so I'm not going to be complaining in November. No, indeed you won't be. So what? Uh, what when you t- when you take a look at this Iowa team, what do you think that um, not not cost Tim Army sleep at night? But what's his concern? Do you think? That's a good question. I you know I would I would have thought a week or so ago maybe goal scoring, but I think when you add Nico Sturm that didn't make Minnesota's roster out of camp, now he slots into a top center ice position. But obviously, losing Cal O'Reilly in the offseason is a huge loss. Leadership-wise, points-wise, he's going to go down as an AHL Hall of Famer, two-year captain. So there will be a void there, the mm-hmm. power play, etc. But I think Luke Johnson was a nice addition from the Blackhawks organization. Gabriel Dumont's a good two-way forward. So I think with Sturm and Johnson and Dumont, now you've got some good center ice depth. Mason Shaw will come back at some point this season and really help this team. Defensively, you return five or six D-men. My biggest thing is going to be goaltending. You know how important it is. Everybody out there, it's like having a quarterback in football. Like if Capo Kakinen's still young. It's his second year. Matt Robson's a rookie. There's no Andrew Hamm in the Hamburglar as your veteran presence. So if, if Where Kakinen, did he go? He signed with the Sabres. Did he? Okay. So if Kakinen can play like he did for large stretches of last year and Robson can give you something solid as a rookie... This team's going to be just fine, probably be a playoff team. Mm. Well, certainly hoping that they can turn out to a playoff team. Hammond was really good, and he has a couple of off nights uh, in the playoffs last year as well. That fourth line, look, hockey is changing, as you well know. Yeah. I mean, there's Cody McLeod's job. They're just NHL teams don't have a spot on rosters for him, uh, for a player of his caliber. But boy, he's one of these guys that you want on your team, right? He lets the he lets the stars of the team sleep at night because he's going to look after. Do you do you expect that these that this fourth line is really going to mix it up a bunch? I, I really think they're going to be as intimidating as it gets, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know that it's going to mean a fight a night or two fights a night. I, I don't think that's part of the game anymore. It's just the fact that the other team will be a little bit afraid. And when you can create space for your line mates or you can go out there and police things as a fourth line and not get scored against, that can be a big, valuable asset for a hockey team. And JT Brown just got put on waivers and got cleared, and he's with Iowa now. He's a guy that's played in the NHL with Tampa and Minnesota. He's a physical presence. He can really skate at this level. So you're talking about McLeod, Leambus, McLean, Hunter Warner on defense, JT Brown up front. Those Mm. are some physical, physical guys that are going to set the tone for this hockey team. Uh, give us a couple of uh, major events, uh, some big nights. There's always big nights down at the well. Uh, give us a couple of highlights. Yeah, well, tomorrow night's opener, you know, season opener. we got $2 beers presented by 100.3 The Boss. We play Sunday afternoon at 3. It's kind of our kids' opening day. There'll be a Hockey Fights Cancer Night. I mentioned the tribute to the Oakleys and Capitals. Um, Stranger Things Night is October 4th. If you're a Netflix fan and you watch that show, and then we'll have our post-game concert nights announced here shortly, and we should have some big names for that, too. Uh, Cody McLeod has fought 159 times in the NHL. I don't think anybody's going to fight him in the American <laughs> Hockey League, but him and Chris Thorburn. I wish them the best. Yeah, I, I, I wish him the best too. I mean, this is an experience, and he looks like a fighter. I mean, he's yeah. got the teeth going. He's, oh, yeah, uh, he's the lack of teeth. teeth. He's yeah, and he's six two two fifty two ten. Unbelievable human. Um, he had an experience, obviously, in Colorado for a long time mm-hmm. with Coach Army with Alex Tangay, one of our new assistants. 
Um, so he he's familiar with the staff. I think we've got a great coaching staff, a physical team, a big team. I'm excited. And he uh, doesn't turn anybody down. I'm looking at his fight card, and he fought the the creme de la creme yep. of pugilists uh, in the uh, in the NHL. Best of luck on the season, Thanks, Joe Donnell. If we don't see you before you head on your road trip, uh, man, I'm rooting for you. I really hate to lose you, but I know it would be a dream come true for you uh, if indeed you do get that call. So the the guy that's doing it now, he's getting ready to retire, right? Bob Kurtz just wants to travel less. Yeah. He's been doing it forever. Um, he's a Minnesota icon, so mm-hmm. it's he's on his terms, which I completely respect. He's a great man. He's always been awesome to me. He's a hell of a broadcaster, but he just wants to travel a little bit less, so they scale back on his road travel this year. Uh, sprinkled some games to a few people. I was lucky enough to be one of them. Will you miss any Iowa games? Uh, three home games. And who's going to do those? Do you know yet? Uh, Josh Fisher's going to fill oh, in good. for one. Yeah, he's and, good. Uh, Benny G from the Bucks. Don't know Benny, but uh, we'll be listening. Uh, best of luck to the Thanks, Wild guys. this year. Thanks, And Trent. again, and to you as well. Uh, Wild Hockey, uh, opening night tomorrow night. Wells Fargo Arena, and then Sunday as well, correct? Yep, tomorrow at 7, Sunday at 3. Good stuff. Joe O'Donnell from the Wild. Take a time out. We'll get into Iowa State TCU and follow that with uh, Iowa, Michigan, as we take you up until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Limited by state law. This is Iowa State Athletics Director Jamie Pollard, and you're listening to Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO, 22 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Mark Morehouse coming up in about 15 minutes or thereabouts. Right now, let's get Alex Halstead in here, CycloneAlert.com. Did you see what I did here with the music? Gonna paint paint it black. Okay. Okay. Now okay. Follow. Come, on, come on. Yeah. That one got by me. Good All one. Right, yeah. I'm going to put that in the plus column for you. Um, Better than Stand By Your Man? A little bit. Yes, Stand By Your Man was good the first time, but eh, kind of wearing off a little bit. I'm going to have to make like an intro promo, I think, for Sip. For Sip? Maybe just a little clip of Stand By Your Man. Yeah, right at the very end where, yeah. she, where she belts it out. Uh, Alex Hall says going to join us. Uh, Dylan Monson, a lot of the Iowa State media is tweeting about the grass parking lots. Ooh. And they are going to be closed again this week. I don't week. believe they're grass anymore. No, they The mud be. parking lots. Yeah, it's, uh, the, the weather has just not cooperated with Iowa State football this year, Alex, has it? No, it hasn't. And, I, yeah, I think it's probably to the point where most fans just assume that they're aren't grass lots anymore. I think this would be the third straight game or wow. the second straight game that no grass lots for them. And uh, I was telling Trevor before we came on, I, I looked at the forecast. It is supposed to rain Saturday. Right now it's showing early morning. So there's a chance that it says the sun could peek through by afternoon. And with an 11 a.m. kick, maybe this will be like an early morning. Tailgaters have to deal, deal with it. And by the game, uh, by kickoff, hopefully uh, things will clear out a little bit. Well, fingers crossed. This is a big game. Uh, Iowa State uh, off on the right, wrong foot rather, in Big 12 play. TCU and then those back-to-back roadies coming up, Oklahoma State. The record in October has been stellar. This is a, this is a, a whole other season. We will see. Well, let's start with the running back position, Alex. I know it's been a big talker this week. Uh, it's, it's almost time that... You know, they, they find their guy, and maybe that's easier said than done, and maybe Nwango's injury is the, is the sole reason that they haven't identified him and he be the, the bell cow, if you will. Which way do you think they're leaning? Uh, the, are the freshmen in the conversation, if indeed they do get to that, we're going to find one guy and he's going to be the guy? Well, I think the freshmen are still in the mix. Matt Campbell said, you know, earlier this week that he's not ready to, eliminate anybody from from that group now it's still a five-man group because of that but i i do agree with you at some point here soon there's probably got to be a couple guys i don't think they're ever probably going to get to the point where we see 
one guy like we did with David Montgomery the last two years. But I think it's got to get to the point where it's a couple guys stepping up. I think Kanane Wonglu and Johnny Lang are probably the two that have shown the most flashes. You know, Lang had both chunk yards or chunk runs last week. Uh, I would say that two runs of 10-plus yards. Both came in the first quarter. Both came from Johnny Lang. So if they can get Kanane Wonglu healthy, he's shown flashes. Johnny Lang's probably been the best otherwise in terms of just showing an ability to get through a hole and cut. Um, then maybe those two are the guys. But, you know, right now they've played Brees Hall three games and Dyrell Brock two games. I think they'll probably go through October and, and tinker with those games still, getting get them up to the four-game mark and then figure out what they want to do. But uh, that is probably the biggest question really with that offense is, is you know, can they get that run game going? Because they've shown flashes of it, uh, but it's just not been very consistent so far. Alex Jaquan Bailey left the game against Baylor early and with it, Charlie Brewer, he had all day long to sit back there and pick apart the defense, and he did it at times. Iowa State, that's the umbrella coverage. That's what they do with the three-three-five look, but got to be able to get some kind of pressure there. What's the latest on Bailey and as a whole, how to find ways to generate some pressure? Mm, good one. Yeah, Jaquan Bailey, you know, Matt Campbell said earlier this week, he's questionable to doubtful. Everything I've heard is it's, it's much more like out. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't expect Jaquan Bailey to play this week, and I'm actually under the belief that he won't play for quite some time, so... Uh, I think Iowa State's probably without Jaquan Bailey, and, and that means, uh, you know, true sophomore Zach Peterson enters the the starting lineup. Matt Campbell actually, though, said twice this week, both on the teleconference and then when we got him in Ames, that he thinks Peterson's been their most consistent and best defensive lineman uh, all season, regardless of whether he started or not. So uh, they're very content with Peterson. Um, the question is, what does that depth look like? Because, you know, even if Peterson can go in there and live up to some sort of standard, you know, you're still without a guy for right now. So, uh, what they're doing right now, and they've actually done it a couple weeks ago, so it doesn't sound like it's a it's a reaction to Bailey's injury, is Will McDonald is moving back to defensive end. Uh, they're going to plan on using him probably in second and third down type situations. So uh, now those defensive ends on that side are probably Zach Peterson and Will McDonald, and you can expect Will McDonald to be kind of that you know pass rush guy. Mm-hmm. Was Arike on the other side, right, and Leo filling in for him? Is that how it would go? Yep, those two guys on the other side. So that gives you four guys right there. And then yep. I think the interesting thing, depending on what this you know Bailey outlook is, is can someone like Corey Suttle, a true freshman, continue to work his way in? You know, him and him and Blake Peterson, their true freshmen, are both near two sixty. So physically, they've got some size to them, even as youngsters. But are they ready to play? I don't think Iowa State wants to rush them. Uh, but those would probably be a couple of the next guys in line if if anything else happens to those four guys that you just talked about. Slow start again this season for Iowa State out of the gates. The losses to open the Big 12 last week to Baylor for the fourth straight year under Campbell. I think I saw a number, what is it, 14 in the last 16 years. They've lost the Big 12 opener, something ridiculous like that. These slow starts, but come October, Matt Campbell's teams have played a lot better. Is that the hope? Is that the anticipation? And and is there anything to it? I know it's not some magic potion he pours on him in October, but there's got to be something to this, isn't there? Yeah, I think there is. You know, you look at the last two Octobers, they're 7-0. and And, you know, they've started the last three seasons now, 2-2, two and 1-3, two, and three, and 2-2. Two and two. Obviously, those first two, they went 7-5 and five and 8-4 and four in the regular season. They're hoping uh, for something similar again this year now after starting 2-2. Two and two. And I, I think a lot of it is they start to clean stuff up detail-wise. They, they tend to get better. I know the word detail gets thrown around a lot, but you look at the two losses uh, to Iowa and Baylor by combined three points. There's little details in there, whether it's crossing midfield a ton and not scoring um, penalties here or there. The turnover margin's been big. They've lost the turnover margin pretty consistently dating back to really the Texas game last year. So I think there's little things like that that they need to clean up and, and get better. But, yeah, you threw around uh, one crazy stat. The other one is that uh, in the last two years, only two teams in, in Power 5 have uh, had perfect Octobers both years. 
Iowa State and Alabama. So uh, <laughs> they're going for a third one now if they want to get back on track and get back into that Big 12 race. Interesting. I wouldn't have known that. Uh, offensive line-wise, what adjustments will be made as guys start to get healthy? Yeah, I asked Matt Campbell about that because, you know, Colin Newell's getting close. I don't know if he's going to play this week, but it's going to be here pretty soon that he's going to be back and ready to play. And the question is, do you put him back at center and go back to your normal group? Or does him coming back mean that you start to shuffle things? Uh, I thought Campbell's answer, you know, I knew he couldn't flat-out answer it. He wasn't going to come out and say what they're going to do. But he kind of left the door open that uh, and kept using the phrase, you know, find their best five. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, to me, kind of alludes to the fact that, you know, they could be shuffling things. It's not necessarily that once Newell comes back, he goes to center, Colin Olsen goes mm-hmm. back to left guard, and Trevor Downing comes out. I think it's a possibility that, you know, Colin Newell I know can play both guards and center. Uh, Trevor Downing can play either guard spot. Now we know Colin Olsen can do both. So uh, they have a lot of different options, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I think one possibility, too, and it depends on how guys look before Noel gets back, is you know Josh Kniffel can play right tackle as well. Uh, there is no such award as the, uh, the most valuable player on both sides of the ball after the first four games of the season. But would you say Deshante Jones on offense and maybe Orion Vance defensively uh, have been the two guys that have shone the brightest so far through four games? Yeah, you know, Orion Vance has been really the guy that's for sure emerged. You know, he's got five and a half uh, sacks. You know, we talked all offseason leading up into the season that, you know, could Jaquan Bailey break the all-time sacks record? And, you know, through four games, uh, Orion Vance is the guy that's leading the way with five and a half sacks and well on base to break that record. Um, obviously, we know sacks come in bunches, and, and a lot of it's been set up for him situationally by, you know, blitzing and the defensive line creating gaps for him. But he's been really impressive, obviously, when you whenever you can move a guy – uh, like Mike Rose out to TM linebacker, just because you kind of emerged, that's kind of telling. Uh, so I think definitely him and then maybe Greg Eisworth has kind of continued on, mm-hmm. you know, what we saw from him last year, but uh, definitely Vance. And then I think, yeah, DeSante Jones is, has broken out um, probably the, the one guy because I think they're still waiting for, for that other guy, um, whether it's, you know, Brees Hall or Jairo Brock or Sean Shaw Jr. starting to emerge. There are some guys that could continue to emerge. So, Deshante Jones, and I think, you know, your guy, Charlie Kohler, is yeah. you know, on pace for now between 55, 60 catches. He's their number two receiver right now, and I think he's finally doing what we thought the tight ends could do. Going to get past that 30 number certainly feels that way that blow uh, by it. we talked about earlier this summer. All right, Alex, uh, before we let you go, certainly want to get into a little basketball with you. Had a availability earlier this week. What did you learn about the upcoming Cyclone basketball squad? Yeah, yeah, several things. I guess obviously the big news this week was Rashir Bolton. You know, he's going to be eligible, and, and for, by all accounts, you know, Iowa State thinks he can be a double-figure type scorer alongside Francis Nixon mm-hmm. and Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, Prohm said, you know, right now he's actually practicing on the number two team because he's got Halliburton as the point guard on the one team, and then Bolton as the as the point guard on the two team. That kind of indicates one of his roles is that that could be a a, a point guard for this team. But Prohm did say, you know, in the weeks ahead, they're going to you know, start to kind of move him over to the other team. And um, the biggest thing there is they want to get Trey Jackson comfortable to lead that second team as a point guard. So uh, I think Bolton's going to be able to play the one through, probably even the three in that offense. Um, and so that's going to be kind of the biggest thing for them is that probably takes them from being maybe a team that people picked towards the bottom of the Big 12 to now maybe a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team mm. if he's what they think he can be. And then I think the other talking point really was stylistically, you know, Prom said they could look much different. It sounds like Michael Jacobs is going to primarily play the four uh, last year, he basically played the five. So uh, they're going to look quite a bit different in that way. And the biggest thing they're figuring out is how do those two forwards work together? So far, they haven't done a lot of Solomon Young and, and George Condit together, uh, but that's something they're going to start installing too. So you could see probably Jacobson and, and 
Solomon Young together, um, Jacobson and Conda together, and then maybe even uh, Solomon Young and Conda together. So stylistically, that's quite a bit different than we saw last year. Uh, talking Iowa State with Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com. Last thing for me, uh, Alex, uh, on basketball. I saw one of your tweets uh, from, from, that, uh, from that day referring to Prentice Nixon. You, he missed some practices. What's the story there? Yeah, last week he missed basically most of practice. It sounds like he hit his, his head on uh, Solomon Young's knee and got a concussion. Had to go through the concussion protocol, um, just the way that all, all that stuff works now. So uh, he was actually back at practice, I think, earlier this week. So he's fine. Uh, that's really their only injury so far um, is that concussion. So, you know, he's back, ready to go. And I've now got, I think, three weeks of practice, and then they'll have two private scrimmages at the end of the month before they start uh, on November 5th. We'll talk to you next week. You got your plane, uh, your itinerary for Morgantown. How are you getting there? Through Pittsburgh? Yeah, you got to go to Pittsburgh, get a car, and uh, drive to, to Morgantown. And so this will be my first foray into that. So I guess I'll have to follow the lead of Randy and everybody else who's done it before. Uh, the Steelers home on the on the Sunday following the Saturday game, do you know? Have you gone to check the head that far? I didn't look at that because I'm flying back early that morning. Are you? To check to see if the, the Penguins were there Friday, and they're uh-huh. actually over this way in Minnesota. So can't even get over to a hockey game. And, of course, the Pirates. Done. Uh, no playoff games for them. Uh, indeed not. Alex, we'll talk to you next uh, Wednesday. Thank you very much, as always, okay? Yep, thanks, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com. From the Clones to the Hawks, Mark Morehouse is next on the BMW of Des Moines guest list as we take you up until noon. Michigan, and one question, just one. Quick one. Quick one. Keep it tight. Keep it tight. Michigan-Iowa conversation in the Central Division. Uh, next, that's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. A dream builder. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. segment on a Thursday, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. No fanatics today. Cardinal baseball uh, in their place. Uh, first pitch, 4.02, right after 4 o'clock, very close to 4 o'clock. Likewise, tomorrow for Game 2, uh, the fanatics will be off the air. Murph and Andy, uh, they lose the final half hour of their program tomorrow. Mark Morehouse joins ours and does so right now. And Trent's allowing me one hockey question, uh, Mark. So let's one hockey question. Let's make it quick. I, I might make it 30 seconds. I got the Jeopardy music here, if you can wrap it up quickly. Uh, who wins the Central, Mark? It's going to be such a tough division. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the Blues. Oh, okay. I just think the Blues are, last night they impressed me. I mean, they, they lost, but they showed me something. I mean, that could have been a night where they could have rested on their laurels, and they didn't. Yep. I don't trust the Blackhawks. I just don't. Uh, and I think the Wild has hit a wall. And uh, Yep, me too. I like the Blues. I like the Blues. I like the Lanch, and I like the Dallas Stars, who I think are really going to make a big jump. And we're out of time. So let's talk Iowa. I love your Jets. I lo- hey, I love your Jets, man. I think the Jets are going to have something to say. This Boy, I hope you're right. They start tonight in uh, Madison Square Garden. Music's over. Blackhawks are in Czechoslovakia, uh, right? I think they are. I don't even know. I, I think they know. are. I think they're. I think they're in Europe. Anyways, uh, congratulations on marrying off your daughter last week. Yes, and uh, you're back Thank on the you. beat, and off you go to Ann Arbor. Uh, we tried to wrap our arms around this game, Mark. Uh, we think that you know Michigan might be able to do some damage through the air if Patterson gets time to throw the football. What's your concern as far as Iowa? What do, what could get away from them? Uh, is it the secondary is really going to have to step up? 
secondary matchups, uh, yeah, that, that worries me just because Michigan does have a foursome of really good wide receivers. They have a competent quarterback who's been spectacular at times and bad at times, but mostly I think that's where they can get Iowa, but I think Iowa can deal with that if it's able to run the ball, and I look at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball in this game, and I see the Hawkeyes controlling, and I see, and I think when that happens, I don't think there's enough big plays that Michigan can hit against Iowa to win the game. I think Iowa controls the line of scrimmage, controls the game, and wins by two scores. Wow, hope you're Ooh. right. I'm in. That sounds incredibly compelling there. It, it There's a couple of different directions certainly this could go. Michigan, this team has talent certainly on it, but there's something amiss. There's something wrong there. Have you been As you've been digging into Michigan a little bit more this week, what have you found out? Have you seen anything, unearthed anything that, that you found interesting from the Wolverine perspective? Um, it feels like the – I think they have talent in the offensive line. It feels like they're being asked to do something completely different with this offense. I mean, this is a Michigan team that's going through a giant transition in offense. I mean, they're going from a power spread, which is Har- what Har- how Harbaugh made his money at Stanford, to uh, RPO speed and space system under uh, first-year offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis. That's really messing with the offensive line. It's really messing with the running game. Uh, right now, I, I, I have to think if Michigan's going to pull out its stops and do its best to win this game, they're going to revert back to what they were a little bit with the power running game and trying to get to that point. I think they can do that with Iowa, but I don't know if they'll let themselves. I mean, Michigan... It feels to me like there's a real conflict on what it wants to be, and if the first quarter is advantage Hawkeyes, the big house is going to come crashing down on Jim Harbaugh's head hard. Yeah, that's all they need. (laughs) Certainly be fine with us. Is their biggest playmaker the receiver, Ronnie Bell? Is he the biggest threat? I think so, but I also like, you know, uh, Nico Collins is 6'3". One of the other guys that's blanking on him right now. Black, maybe? Uh, Tariq Black is 6'3". I think uh, Nico Collins is 6'4". Big dudes. Uh, great athletes. The kind of athletes that Phil Parker... I mean, Phil Parker's basically been capping speed in the Big Ten for his entire you know, 21 years in Iowa. It's doing that again, uh, but with a pass rush that should be able to get home a little bit. And that is maybe the most critical thing for Iowa. Yes, A.J. Epineza has drawn a ton of attention. Time mm-hmm. for somebody to take advantage of a 1-1 matchup and sack the quarterback. So Epinesa has been applying pressure, but the numbers haven't showed up. The numbers, though, haven't been there that I anticipated out of Chauncey Golson on the other side. I thought with all the attention that we were going to see this year on Epinesa, that Golson, in fact, Golson maybe would have better stat, sack numbers than what we've seen. What do you think is happening there on the other side with Golson? I think he's not Anthony Nelson, Trent. If you look at what Iowa lost, mm-hmm. Anthony Nelson was a damn good football player. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's as good as Epineza, maybe not as explosive as the pass rush, maybe not quite as quick, but close, and very strong and very good on the run. People don't realize what a big miss that is for Iowa. Golston, his career, last year I was surprised how much he played. He's very still in a, kind of a developmental stage. He's not Epineza. He needs, but he needs to take advantage. And right now, you know, Iowa had three, four defensive ends last year. It could rotate in with Parker Hesse and uh, Anthony Nelson. This year, who's the third defensive end? Is it Amani Jones? Well, is it the five eleven converted linebacker? Well, mm-hmm. that's not really a defensive end, is it? And then uh, John Wagner, still in development, first year redshirt freshman. 
Zach Van Valkenburg, uh, coming in as a junior from a Division II program. They need a third defensive end, and I don't think they're going to get one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of role is Goodson have, going to have this weekend in this Hawkeye offense? I'm Scott and I just got done on the podcast. We're hoping more. Yeah, me too. Uh, we're hoping something bigger. I mean, frankly, uh, probably not in this game, maybe not in next week's game against Penn State because the stakes are so high. Uh, and you see all the machinations Ferentz has to go through to be able to put a freshman running back in those pressure situations. remember asking him about Brandon Wagger uh, at Ames in like 2000, whatever, 2008 or nine. Uh, as a true freshman running back in Ames, uh, was a huge factor. And Kirk said in the post game, "Well, I had to get over some things." Well, <laughs> it's not really that way. For t- Tyler Goodson's not facing the same thing that they had with Brandon Wagger. They have running backs, but I don't know. I don't think any of these running backs can do what Goodson does. I think it's time to maybe explore more what he can do. They also have Oliver Martin. Intel. I, do we go too deep in this? Is Oliver Martin going to tell them yeah. anything that they don't yeah. know? No. No, and you know the whole anything with Oliver Martin right now. Look at the receivers and what they're doing. It's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't need a fifth receiver right now, unless that fifth receiver is good enough to beat out the fourth receiver, which might be Tyrone Tracy or Nico Regani, whichever you look at it. They're better. They're better right now. So that's why you're not seeing Oliver Martin. And there's no reconnaissance here. Michigan has covered those tracks. You know they have. <laughs> it's 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 uh, they're not totally stupid over there, right? You'd like to think, uh, though some of their fans are wondering, and I hope they're really wondering after Sunday about the two thirty, three o'clock hour time, uh, that they're really howling. How much of a Eric Jackson will we see this weekend, Mark? How much will he play? Do you think? I think he goes the whole way. I think he starts. Uh, I, I think you know that we football is like an iceberg. We see ten percent of it. We haven't seen everything he's gone through to get back. Um, they're not going to put a guy out there if he's sore, slow, or cannot. Uh, uh, I don't want to say defend himself in this position, but can't do the position as well as he needs to. Uh, I think uh, uh, Levi Paulson is filled in admirably, and I think people should give him a little bit of a round of applause. He's been able to raise his hand and slide up to tackle and be good, good enough. And I think this week, though, I think with Jackson coming back, maybe I will get some bounce in the running game, and they're going to need it. He's one of their better players. He's one of their better offensive linemen. And uh, I think it begins, Ferentz put it, uh, Pretty straightforward this week. He said, you know, weren't worried about Werbs, weren't worried about Alaric Jackson, wasn't really worried about Tyler Linderbaum, which kind of blew my mind a little bit, and it kind of speaks to how good he's been. But they weren't worried about those three offensive linemen going in, and uh, they're getting one of those guys back. I think uh, if he's able, he goes the whole way. You get to put one in the win column these next two weeks. What's more important for the Iowa football program as a whole and going forward, not just 2019, but looking in the future? Beating Michigan on the road this week or a home win next week against Penn State? Oh, Trent, that's chicken and egg stuff, I think, because <laughs> I, I'm going to look at it this way. I'm going to look at it this way. If Iowa loses this weekend, well, game day's not coming. Yeah, if Iowa right. wins this weekend, Maybe. game day might be coming to Canick Stadium. Yep. Game day twice in Iowa in one season blows my mind. But I think there's a real potential for that. I, I don't mm-hmm. think the games are totally stacked. I think LSU is hosting Florida. I think maybe that's the other big one. Uh, I think Iowa has a real chance here. If they win at Michigan, uh, they'll get a shot at Penn State. So I think if you can only win one or the other, I guess Michigan, so you can maybe get that moment. But boy, uh, you get Penn State in Kinnick with game day at night with those uniforms. Hmm. Yada, yada, yada. Carson King coming. <laughs> uh, I think there's so much goodwill and so they're pulling out all the stops. Trent, be greedy at this point if you're an right. Iowa fan. Win both. 
Why not? And you're right, LSU, um, Florida, LSU is ESPN. Uh, and that's in primetime next uh, next week as well. Hey, the, the, the Michigan's kicker, is this the kid that Harbaugh slept on his floor, Moody? I mean, he's really good. He never misses. Is this the kid? I, You know what? I don't follow Michigan that closely. <laughs> okay. I'm going to guess yes yeah. because I think the timing lines up right. I think uh, fourth or fifth year. So, hey, whatever works. And you know what? Notice those those headlines have gone away with Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's real strife here. He's not beaten Ohio State. Um, he's not beaten Penn they State. They got crushed by Wisconsin. Um, they've not beaten Penn State. Wisconsin has their number now. You know, we'll see what happens with Iowa this weekend. You're seeing less of the hilarity with mm-hmm. Harbaugh because it's less funny. And Michigan Michigan fans Michigan fans are starting to heat up. I mean, forty nine million bucks for a coach. That's a lot of dough. You have expectations and. Now Michigan is pointing at its cool academics, which it should, uh-huh. as maybe a hindrance toward being a great football program. Well, it didn't have that program, didn't have that problem in the past. So, yeah, I think the fun start with the Harbaugh is over. When are you getting in the car and heading over tomorrow? What time are you leaving? Early, middle of the day? Uh, yeah, but I think we're leaving eleven. Uh, eight, nine hour drive going through Chicago. I don't want to mess with uh, Chicago with when it's fully when it's got its full fangs out into traffic. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I, frankly, I've been going to uh, the big house since 1990. I covered the 1990 Iowa Mission game for the Daily Iowa million years ago, obviously. Uh, Iowa won. I've seen Iowa win there way too many times, I think, for an Iowa beat writer. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I love Michigan Stadium. I love Ann Arbor. And this is, uh, I think, if you, look, if you ask Kirk Ferentz and he answered honestly, this is his favorite Big Ten game, I think. Mm, you oh, more so than Penn State. Yeah, I think so. Huh? I think yeah, Michigan stood for so long. Michigan has much more history in the Big yep. Ten. Michigan is the Big Ten program with Ohio State, obviously. Uh, I think Ferentz loves fighting the Blue Bloods, and uh, Michigan is one that seemed to embed in him for whatever reason. And if you look at how I was, his Ferentz has made his bones off of beating Michigan and Penn State. I think he loves these games, and I think he loves fighting the Blue Bloods. What's an eight-hour, nine-hour drive with Mike Halaslight? You're a fine columnist <laughs> over there. He's a different cat. What's it like being in a car for nine uh, nine straight hours? Waterboarding. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. And I'm not pulling it. It's horrible for both of us. <laughs> so it's horrible. Doc in it's, the back seat or no? It's torture. No, not anymore. Uh, he, he's flying. He's got the nice. athletic coin, and he's flying. Wow. Mm. We're uh, we're stumble bums and we're still driving, which is fine. I like to see I like to see the country. I'm kidding. I don't like to see the country. We will see you next Thursday, Mark Morehouse. Good to talk to you. Thank you. All right, you guys. Thanks for having me on. Yep, Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette, <laughs> gazette.com <laughs> backslash sports athletic budget for Doc getting on yes. an airplane. Wow. Well, there's uh, their value. Their company's approaching a billion with a B dollars. We saw that earlier. You week. can handle a flight into Detroit and rent a car at that. Detroit kind of Airport is a whole lot better than it once was. It, yeah. Detroit's not a bad layover at all. I mean, their layovers are layovers, but mm-hmm. it's, I mean, Detroit's not a bad airport. The new terminal, anyways. Well, and you get there and you pop in the car and you're in Ann Arbor in forty minutes. Is that all it is? Yeah. Heading back to the west. So, where does that stadium rank for you? Because you've been to most of them. Is it right yeah. up at the top? No, not even close. It, in fact, it probably in the bottom half. Oh, really? I would say in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Penn State louder. Ohio State louder. Ohio State, I think, is the best over Madison. Yeah, Camp Randall, really. Camp Randall's a dump. Is it? It's a dump. It's awful. But the experience, though, so the, the, the experience really? really isn't that crazy. The experience is fourth quarter. 
jump around. And, That's and, it. and Madison's a pretty good college town, too. It is, yes. And the experience is what surrounds Camp Randall. Uh-huh. The stadium is awful. Okay. And Beaver Stadium and parts of it is awful, too. It's just a rector set. And they started with 50,000 and add 10,000. <laughs> right. And then another 10,000. It's just building up and up and up. But it is, when you look at it, it's pretty awe-inspiring. Michigan, it's a big bowl. I mean, there's a lot of seats, but it's just a big sunken bowl. There's not a whole lot of wow to it. You know, a place that I, I really, really have enjoyed throughout the years uh, from the Big Ten. Spartan Stadium was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Fan base was different, certainly. But number one, I think it's a back and forth between Ohio State and Penn State, those two stadiums. Michigan is just kind of ho-hum. If it didn't even have the big house moniker, probably even be lower for a lot of people. But it, it gets that name, and because of it, you know, people think more of it. It's not loud. I can tell you that. No, I heard that from a lot of people. But they it, say the same thing. Iowa escapes. won 34-9 in 2002 when I was They're there pretty last. Pretty quiet. So. Uh, who do you like tonight? Do you have an opinion, baseball or football-wise? Baseball, not really. Haven't dug into yeah. the baseball yet. Football, I'm on the Rams. Going to okay. jump on board with them after, of what course, do, their What are you getting? Point and a half. I might, I'll probably just go money line, though. Yeah, for that much. Right, well. and get plus 110 or whatever it is. That's where I think the Rams going to bounce back in a big way. 55 against the Tampa? Mm. How does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> Jameis Winston? I guess. Crazy. Uh, well, uh, the uh, Fanatics are off today. Murph and Andy aren't, though. They'll be here at 2. Uh, then tomorrow morning, the morning rush will start it all over on a Friday. Trent and I are here at 10. Murph and Andy abbreviated show tomorrow. No Fanatics again on Friday. No Hawkeye Nation or Cyclone Fanatic radio programs tonight. Why? We've got Cardinal Baseball. Their playoff series begins against Atlanta. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. We really do. It's Des Moines Sports Station. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO.